gentlemen and welcome to on base and off point life in, in the, the deep, deep end. end with jr and Vinny. Vinny, welcome back hey what's going on and welcome to the pod everybody glad to have you absolutely it's glad to be here so it's been a great week yeah we had a lot of, a lot of things going on what, what's going on this week, last week, it's, it's it, it kind of blurs into together after a I'm while. I'm glad we could get together and, and do the yeah. pod this week because there's so many things going on. Yeah, you got uh, you got some stuff going on on the weekend. Yeah, busy weekend for me. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Um, kids are in town. So uh, two two of the three are all two three. Of three. Two of the three are here, so uh, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's nice to have nice to have kids in the it's house. It's just a around. different vibe. Yeah, house is up late. Not so much. Well, that's right, because uh, Keith has to get up early for... He's an early riser. Yeah. He's up before me. What? Yeah, he has to be there before 7. He works at the, the, the country club? Yeah, he cuts grass. Oh, my God. Yeah, so anyways, um, transitioning into summer operations, as we like yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. Summer we are operations. transitioning into a new uh, phase of the campaign. There, there's, there's no summer cleanup outside, is there? <laughs> well, just with the dog, the usual. Yeah, the usual cleanup. Actually, the nice thing is, is I have uh, assistance with the yard. Oh, that's better. Right, right. Yeah. You don't have to grass by myself is it's chore, man. Oh, hey, tell me about it. I got an 18 year old home that doesn't move out of the bed. <laughs> you know, you gonna cut the grass? No. Vinny's uh, done it again. <laughs> the only thing good about it is I get to smoke a cigar. That's that's my treat. You know, yeah, yeah. smoke cut a cigar and cut the grass. And you reward yourself. Yeah. So now I got to cut the grass. You know, twice a week now. Yeah. <laughs> so I can keep up with my cigar habit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I wanted to start off the, the pod with um, uh, a serious subject about the, the stuff that was going on in Colorado um, at the STEM school. Um, yeah. They had a shooting. Um, it's never a good thing. I mean, it's it's happened enough where, you know, it's... It's become... That's become steady ops. It's become the norm. Yeah. It's and not the, as... Um, when Columbine happened, it was like, oh, my goodness. This I is, can't this is what crazy. Happened, but. And now it's kind of like you watch it and... You know, you obviously feel bad, and you're obviously concerned. Yeah, it is terrible, but it has a it has a dulling effect on you at the same time. That's the sad part. Yeah, you don't you don't treat that the same way you did Columbine and go, God, this is ridiculous. I mean, after Sandy Hook, how do you really relate to some of these? You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it, it's just one thing after another. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is I was thinking this. I was I was walking around a track today, and I had a lot of time to think while I was walking. And the whole time I'm thinking about this, going, What do we do now? 
to, to fix this problem. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of different viewpoints about how to handle something like this. The first thing that comes up is always some kind of gun control. And I believe we're both on the same page about this, that you know, you're entitled to your guns. Uh, obviously, you're not entitled to do what these kids have done with these guns. And the kids themselves don't deserve these guns because they're usually under 18 years old. I don't know how they get these guns in the first place. But without overanalyzing that particular part of it, now I flip the switch and, and Chrissy said this to, to me today. She says, how do we keep kids safe at school anymore? And I'm looking at it going, yeah, how, we, how do we do this? It's obviously what we're doing now isn't completely working. You know, so you can sit there and go, well, we need more uh, police presence. We need more um, uh, those devices for, you know, uh, yeah, metal detectors. Yeah. You know, we need to have more lockdowns. It seems to me that all these things, while they've made some changes, and I'm sure they're effective in some ways, right. that we're going to have to start doing some drastic differences to make these things, you know, not happen or not happen at all or not happen so so little that it's it's you know negligible right i think there's protective measures maybe at the schools that we could look at and you know it unfortunately we're a gun carrying society i've yeah. been since well inception. And, and, you're not gonna you're not gonna get you're not gonna Billy get Joe bob's um, ar-15 out of his, out of his cold out of dead, dead hands. hands yeah well on top of everything else you know, some of these situations, there, there, there was a church shooting. That's not a school shooting, so you're not right. worried about kids. But there was a church shooting, and the guy across the street, who was just an average, you know, everyday plumber or something, had uh, had a weapon and came across the street and, and, and took care of business and shot the guy, you know, from hurting anybody, keeping him from hurting anybody else. Right. So you, you can look at that and say it's the gun. No, it's not the gun. It's the person. Well, you know. It certainly is. But a lot, a lot of it, I think, comes down to... The mentality of these people that are doing this, like the guy in Vegas, right? They, they, you know, with the bump stocks and all the crazy things shooting from. But I think that what happens is they get to this point where they have such contempt for life. They have this this negative outlook. Even the Columbine, oh, those, were, those they were kids, just so they were pissed off, and, and they and were just so. so mad at life. Yeah, and and you know, I'm a huge resiliency guy, right? And if you let if you let it life will it'll oh it'll bury it'll, you yeah it'll, it'll it'll bury you real quick and what you'll want to do is your, your life is not worth it um i'm going to help everybody out and kill every you know i'm going to take everybody with me right i'm not going by myself well you think about it the columbine thing happened uh 10 years ago a little longer i think and yeah we're coming up 10 years so these guys, even though they've been dead, even though they would have been members of society out, graduated high school and college and everything else, they set a legacy for themselves. Everybody uses that as a, as a you know, kids use it as benchmark, as fi finding their way to get to do what they did. I don't know. I don't know how you stop that. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of days now on the news they won't say the names of the people that were were the, the shooters because they don't want to give them any kind of credibility, and I completely understand that. But going back to the, the what can you do with the kids in the school right. thing? Because because this this can get into a long lengthy discussion that neither of us are going to have answers for. This one. But my my thing is this: if things are what they're doing now is not completely effective, then you need to change that. There was one thing that I saw, I, I believe it or not, on Facebook. It's this device that you stick underneath the door, and it opens up, and it doesn't allow the door to open. 
It's a real easy thing. It just slides under and it spreads, and it keeps the door from opening up. And, or you go up to the top where they have those, those metal handles that, that keep the springs mm -hmm. that keep the door come backing in, and you put like a, a cone over the top of it. And right. it can't open. You can't get you can't get the spring to open. That's like a, a, a two dollar solution. Yeah, I mean it's e it's an easy solution. The other thing is too, I realize that refitting every school in the world is is impossible to do this, but in the future, I really think the school needs panic rooms. So think well, about that, isn't each classroom kind of a panic room? Kind of it to a degree, but but we the, don't have enough room in a school to. No, but like take a take a school room. You take a school room, there's 20 kids in it. You know, usually the teachers have some kind of closet where they go in and they hang up their coat or they put their briefcase or some, something like that. Instead of that being that, that's the panic room. You go in there and shut the door and, the, and nobody can come after you. You know, and, and, and there's, there, there's an ability to be protected. Because right now what the deal is, all these people that are getting shot at the schools, like the, the football coach that runs in front of these girls, you know, they're creating panic. You get in there and shoot a gun, and everybody goes six ways to Sunday, rightfully so, because they're being shot or shot at, and all they're doing is drawing everybody. That, there was one school, probably Florida, I can't remember where, but the kid got away because he scared everybody, and then as they're running out, he runs with them and leaves. Well, that's why they, yeah. You know, so if everybody had their hands up. Hands up and all that stuff. But, you know, that's another thing. Trying to tell everybody, hey, everybody, keep your hands up. I'm not going to keep my hands up. I'm running. I'm getting as far away possible, you know, unless I have a gun. You know, I mean, come on. You know, but, but the, the point is, is that it's, it's a paradigm thing. And I think the paradigm that we're looking at needs to shift in a way that will protect more people. That's my view of it. Instead of instead of just saying, well, we've got locks on the doors, we've got police officers in the building, and we've got metal detectors. What else do we need? Well, obviously, you need something else because there are still kids coming to school with stuff. Right. But like today, or yesterday, or whatenever it was, I think, I think it, was, it, was, it was Monday, yeah, was a couple Monday. days ago, uh, the kid came in, and I think we are learning as a society the things you need to do, because it could have been a lot worse. Right. There was only, the kids, there was only the kids went after him. Oh, they did? Yeah. One of the kids went after the, the guy, and then another kid tackled him. And I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the kid that died. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. it was like, oh, if we're going down, well, let's all go let's down all together. together. If this is going to happen. I'm, if I'm going to die, I might as well come after you. Right. You know, and we, we've learned a lot, even like the active shooter, not even at school, like at, at the Air Force Base. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, hide, option one. Right. Option two. Oh no! Actually, actually, option one is run, run like a mofo, baby. <laughs> run Get like out it's, of town. it's your job. Yeah. Number two is hide, and number three is is fight. And I, I don't think people wanted to say that. I don't think people wanted to go to fight, but that's reality. Oh, it is reality. Well, the other the other thing too. Uh, let's get away from the political bullshit. Right. Well, the, the, it's just your life, man. If, if somebody points a gun at you, I don't care who you are. You know, Democrat, Republican, man, woman, doesn't matter. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have some kind of flight or fight or flight yep. response, yep. You or freeze. you're gonna, you're gonna freeze, or you're gonna, you're gonna come running right at it because that's the, the other thing is, is if somebody's pointing a gun at you, getting farther away doesn't mean they're not gonna shoot you, but closing the distance and forcing them to be put on the defensive will allow you to be able to get the maybe get the gun. Okay, so I want to make this very clear. Vinny is not an expert. No. In self defense. No. Firearms. I, I hurt myself walking. I'm he the, cut himself with scissors yeah, about a week or two about ago. Week ago. So, so he's not even safe around himself. <laughs> so 
Take his advice at your own peril. <laughs> okay. <laughs> please, please don't send me any hospital bills for broken feet or you know or, or whatever. You did this to me. I'm sorry. I didn't do that to you. I shot my foot because of Vinny and listened to a stupid podcast. Oh, oh, I have a I have a story. Oh, real quick. My father was a Pennsylvania State policeman. So my father get, comes home and now when my father used to tell me what was going on, he usually told me a story and it obviously would have some kind of crazy end to it. Well, he said, I said, what did you do last night, Dad? He goes, well, he says, I had to go uh, to the to this small, small backwoods uh, city because there was a shooting. I go, oh, what happened? He goes, well, it wasn't what you think. I go, well, tell me the story. So apparently, Daryl and Beryl, uh, without, without their other brother Daryl, were out trying to shoot possums or rats or something to that effect. And they were, they were like breaking into, you know, going into the barn or whatever, and they're, they're trying to rustle these things out, and they're trying to shoot them. They're using flashlights, and they're shooting them, all right? So far, this sounds like, you know, good redneck fun. Right? Yeah, yeah. So as as they decide to do this, one of them shot whatever it was, and the critter wasn't dead. So Daryl, the one who didn't shoot the the uh, critter, decides I'm going to put the critter out of its misery by stepping on its neck and breaking it. And Daryl number two, who did who did the shooting before, says I'm going to put another bullet in it and shoot it and put it out of its misery. And he shot the guy in the he foot. He shot the guy in the foot. Yeah, my father sits there looking at him, going, Yeah, what you know. The world is a Darwin Awards. Oh you know? boy! So that's that's my story. That's that's as close as I come to an expert because my father was a policeman. <laughs> there you go. Once again, we are not experts on this show, and and we do we're, like red I mean, wine. We're barely experts in plain bits. <laughs> Bare, barely. Barely. We'll we'll become experts like two days before we're dead. <laughs> you finally learned. Finally, uh, Donna Lee. <laughs> I learned Donna Lee at the right tempo, even. Oh Lord! And more than one key. <laughs> So I got a big concert coming up uh, Saturday with the the Air Force Band. Are you playing? I'm going to play one tune. Okay. What are you playing? What tune are you playing? Well, maybe you should tell us what the concert is. So the concert is at the National Museum of the United States Air Force, and um, the Air Force Band of Flight at Wright Patterson has done huge concerts there. Yeah, big stuff. And it got smaller and smaller. The band got cut down and cut down. The concert series went away. Right. So I'm like. That was a great concert series. We need to bring it back. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe we don't have the same personnel. We don't have a sure. whole concert band or jazz band. So uh, I was talking with the director of the museum, Mr. Tillerson, and it's like, we, we want to get new people out to the museum. We want to get people out to hear the Air Force Band and, and maybe, you know, connect the American sure, that's, people. That's, with, part of, that's part of your mission. With, yeah, their military, because, you know, only, it's like less than 1% of people. Or in the, uh, serve have that, have served or have served anymore at this point so you know I was like why don't we do you know a concert series at the museum so we started with the country one back in I think it was October and we had a, a guest artist she's an up and comer she was from Xenia um, and she came out and we, we had she, a pretty good she wasn't the one that was on uh, American Idol was it that's how she it, was yeah that's it oh okay yeah um, right. and then we, we did a holiday concert yeah, of course you have to. Great. That's and an then, obligatory one. In February, we did uh, Hearts and Heroes. Yeah, Hearts Heroes Heritage, which is a Valentine's slash um, President's Day slash, slash Black, Black History, History Month. Month. And really, what we did was a tribute to Motown. That's perfect. And it was oh, people loved it. All I needed was Obama to sing. 
I tried. I, we got Fleet out there to sing. That's cl- that's close enough. Yeah. So and then this one, in an attempt to bring new people out to the concert series and the museum, it's like, well, let's get away from Glenn Miller and let's get away from what you would typically typically think of as a Air Force band, and we decided to call it Invasion. The British are coming. So it's a British invasion band um, show, and we're going to do some Queen, and we're going to do some Led Zeppelin, and we're going to do, yes. Wow. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it now. God bless America. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We're not doing the ocean. We're doing Bobby Dick. Oh, nice. Feature the a nice long drum solo. I bet. We're doing Good Times, Bad Times. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Who's singing? Who's singing those? Well, that's the thing. Is uh, my the, our usual singer is not doing. He's, he's having some health issues. So I know this guy out at Langley Air Force Base. Who? Quez. I don't know. Master Sergeant Richard Vasquez. Oh, Vasquez, okay. But he goes by Quez. Okay. I deployed with him in 2013. Okay. And he's a, he's a monster vocalist. Okay, so you bring him out? Yes. And that's where I come in with, well, how does the chief actually get to go play a bass? Right. And he harassed the, the guys and said, i got to play a tune with the chief. i got to play a tune with the chief. We did, um, what's the name? The Who. Who are you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, get the chief up there to play Who are you? There you go. So... There's a guy that died too young. John John Entwistle just parted himself to death at 59. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, pretty bad. I'm close to 59. Well, I don't party like that. Not as, not as bad as the drummer. Keith Boone, who died in his own sick. Yes, <laughs> that. Yeah, well, and he wasn't even 30, was he? Was he I don't thir- think he was. I don't, I don't think he was even 30. Imagine what the world would be like if he was still around. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like he was a... You know, Pillar of society. Well, I'm not saying that. Steve Gadd or, or something. No, you know? no, I mean, no. He was, he was, he was, he was a, a good, rock, good rock and roll drummer. Right? Well, it's just say like John Bonham. I don't know. I, I really think John Bonham had a really funky. He was like a funk drummer in an English rock band. Same with John Paul Jones yeah. on the bass. There was. Yeah. You know, they were. They were, they were like the, the English, you know, funk brothers. Yeah. I thought. I yeah. thought a lot of their stuff was. Because a lot of times with some of the British bands, I'm like, ah, the groove just isn't quite... It's a little vanilla. Well, like Pink Floyd sometimes for me was like, it's nice, I get it, I like it, it's heady, but there's not that, there's not an underlying engine there's, sometimes. There's, there's two I miss reasons. that with, with, um, with Pink Floyd. There's two reasons to listen to Pink Floyd. The lyrics and David Gilmore's guitar solos. Oh yeah, he's a beast. After that, it's all—it's yeah. all. You need to be on acid, you know. I, yeah, that, there's probably something to that. Yeah. Great production. Oh, great it's great, wonderful and production. And they have, you know, the the wall. That was a great rock opera. Yeah. Good stuff. We're not doing any Pink Floyd. No. What, sorry. So you're doing Queen? You're doing Who? We're really starting out with the Beatles. We're gonna start with some early Beatles. Early Beatles. And roll into some Stones. Okay. Because they were they were kind of. Uh, I don't want to say mimicking. You know, I think that the Stones were trying to follow the... They were trying to follow in the Beatles' footsteps. The Beatles helped them uh, with one or two of their first uh, hits yeah. were, were Beatles songs that they gave them. 
I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember the tunes off the top of my head, but I know that's the case. And, and then we're going to roll into some Zep okay. and Cream. Oh, what are you doing for Cream? Sunshine of Your Love? Every time I hear that, I think of uh, Goodfellows. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a great, great scene where Robert De Niro decides he's going to keep the money he stole. And he's got this look <laughs> on his face like, I'm going to kill them all. I'm not wasting any time. These people are all dead. That's so, yeah. So we're going to do a little cream. And then, so that's going to kind of get bombastic there, rise into kind of a crescendo. And then, this is really cool. The guys came up with this. They're going to do... Uh, Blackbird. Okay. Just break everything down. Just do, yeah, a nice little version of Blackbird. Just acoustic guitar vocal. And then they're doing some classical piece with upright bass with a bow and piano. About 30 seconds worth, and that's going to break into Eleanor Rigby. Oh. It's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm excited um, because you can't just keep hitting people over the head with an iron skillet. You can't just blah, blah, blah. It's so much more effective when you can bring it back down and you know give people a little chance to rest their ears, be a little more reflective. And then we're going to start ratcheting it back up with some queen. You know... And another one bites the dust is after that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, dude, that's that's just Vinny by himself. He's he's a one man bass playing show. Uh, I only can count the nine and seven eighths in my hand. Yeah, and then we're gonna roll into some who, and get get crazy with it and build up and just keep yeah just slow burn until the very end and we'll do an American band at the very end because we're an American band. You can do that. We're an American America. band. <laughs> we are. We're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah cool. It's, it's gonna be like okay. It's, that's great, but once again, just remember, folks, we are the bills here. Yeah, we're in the Air Force. Uncle Sam's paying for this, not, that's right. not King George. And then the encore is going to be twist and shout. I'm, I got the bass commander to come up, and he's going to he's going to sing, sing along, and bring cool. We're going to have like a dance party on the stage. I'm going to get as many people as I can to come up on stage and yeah. do a twist and shout. You know, there you stage out. You know, and that'll be the, the feel good, happy, go home, and have that stuck in your head the whole way home, the rest of your life. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll see. We'll see how many people come out because um, you, you never know. It's like Air Force band, heavy metal. What? What's what the hell is rock? this? Wait, wait. Yeah. Well, so well, the, the we'll people, the people that normally listen to Air Force bands sometimes are not. That kind of people. Well, here's this. This is the really cool part of the show. At the very end, right at the end, we always do the armed service medley. We're going to do the armed service medley, but all of the tunes are kind of set to Beatles tunes. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you, JoJo wasn't you know, but that's going to be one. Of, uh, yeah, uh, I forget which song, but that's perfect. My guys, it's kind of the thing. So when we did the, um. Black History Month one, mm -hmm. we did the same thing. We took these Motown tunes, and you, you would recognize the beginning. You're like, anchors away. And you're like, how did that come? So it's kind of going to be our little our little signature for each concert series. Is yeah, yeah. Anchors away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the whole concept. So it's like, okay, like service songs aren't sacred. Like the anthem right. tabs, right. you know. Um, uh, 
but you can take a service song and, and you know it, it's like a morale thing it's, it's supposed to be fun and you can do it in different styles and, and recognize the people in the audience sure that serve and that's and that's the idea behind this this is this is not uh, you know so stodgy that it, are no it's not ceremonial or yeah. there's there's no there's nothing there's a time to the and a place for that it, but to recognize those in the audience who served and they'll stand and love it and then we're going to do twist and shout so Next podcast, I'll let you know how right. it went. Is it, oh, 40 people were there. We put out 900 chairs and 40 people showed up. It was not so great. Well, Or it could be the opposite. We yeah. could have like 1,500 show up and not have enough chairs. chairs. And yeah, and see what happens. Oh, and by the way, if, if you're okay with next week, I can do a podcast next week. I figured out the way to do it. I'm around. Yeah, I'm around. We'll, we'll have to do it again. So Because I know you can't do it. You can't do it from two weeks from now. I know you We're going to keep churning out, out these the until, until you finally tell us no stop and even when you do we're, we're gonna still going to keep going continue because we it's inspiring for us not just to talk to one another but to come up with tunes right. this is a great time for i think we should play one of your tunes okay you brought a couple tunes over you want to do the you want to do the funk one we were working on or you want to do the other one I don't care which one do you like. Let's do the let's do the funk one first. That's an A. It's an A. It's an A seven, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, it's um, it's 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 a, it's a fun tune. I like I like playing it. You, a couple weeks ago, you told me, hey, stop doing Latin tunes. You need to do a funk tune. Write a funk tune. All right, so I did. Yeah, we need little different feels, different yeah. kind of grooves. Yeah. Some rocks, some ballads. That's yeah, the, 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 the other tune that I got is kind of a rockish thing, I guess. I don't okay. know if that's right. Uh, yeah, you have to listen it to it. It is kind of, right. yeah. Kind of. Kind of. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, of, you know, it's got, a nice, it's got a little hook. Yeah, I got a little jazz tune that we can, we can fool around with. Okay. We'll, we'll put that in. We'll figure out where to put that in. We'll yeah, put we'll, that in there. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But right now, let's do it. Let's. What, do you have a name for this yet? No, we'll have to figure out a name for this. You know, All like, right. So, sometime during this podcast. We'll come up with a name for this. <laughs> we, will, we will name this tune. It's not going to be called Shooter. It's not going to be called... Um, Safe room. Safe room. No, Pan no. No, maybe we, call it dark, maybe we can call it Dark Horse. Ah! The Dark Horse. The Dark Horse. Well, considering we just had the, you know, the debacle at the... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, with the Kentucky Derby. The, there it is. It's the okay, this song is now called, called... So we've named this song... The Dark Horse. This is Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the debut dark. of... The Dark, dark Horse. Thank you. 
like that. It's, it's, nice fun. Job, it's, it's, bro. Uh, it's fun to play. I, it's really, it really is. It's fun sitting here talking to you, and it's fun having having conversation. But it's it's even funner during the week writing some stuff that we, I can bring in over here. Yes, you know that, that it's just neat to do that. You just sit down, and all of a sudden you feel hopefully inspired. A little too, right? <laughs> hopefully you don't come in and go, dude, I got nothing, man. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, Vinny, uh, I got nothing. I'll open up the bottle of wine. Good. We have plenty <laughs> of things to talk about now. <laughs> Pour some more. <laughs> That's beautiful. So I have to uh, do a speech. I've been asked to do a just, speech. Just one? Uh, well, I probably have several more in, in the future, but in the near future, next week. It's next Thursday I'm going to do a speech. Okay, so what's it for? So I was asked to be the graduation... The, You're the commencement speaker? Yes, for the Community College of the Air Force. CCAF. The CCAF graduation here on base. So for those of you out there that don't know... The Air Force has its own community college, and the way it works is people get practicum hours for doing their job. They can apply that to an associate's degree. Right, and they have to do some small things, like I know they have to do public speaking. Right, right. Yeah, there, there's couple, also couple some other requirements. The nice thing is you get an associate's degree, and it's not a bullshit degree. It's actually transferable. It's accredited. It's, um, by, it's regionally accredited, which is Accredited. That's the deal. Yeah. You don't want to be nationally accredited. You want to be regionally, regionally accredited. Accredited, and it, you can take those credits and transfer them to any school in the in the country. That's beautiful. What, what's, what the great thing about it is is you're doing your job, and you're getting, getting hours. You're getting credit hours for that, and then you also have to take some classes. And then we graduate X amount of people. So my stepdaughter Cassidy is doing that because she's trying to get her degree in accounting. She, she went straight out of high school, and, and she didn't get a degree. Yeah. So now she's, she's in supply, and she's trying to cross-train cross train to accounting. Right. But, she's, but she also wants to get a degree, so she's working on her CCAF degree. So I, I spoke last year. We do it fall and spring. Do they give you a topic, or you just no, make your own? No, it's like you're the speaker, Chief. Go. Yeah, don't, don't suck. Do you write this down, or do you, uh, do you? I don't. Well, last year my topic was... I talked a lot about goals and values because when okay. you're going to school, it's like you need to study something that is in line with your values. So when you're setting goals for school, you're not going to achieve those goals if those goals aren't in line with what you truly believe in or things that you truly value. So you can't go to school for to be a serial killer. For me to go to school to be a physical therapist would be a travesty because I have no interest in that. No. That's what my dad was. That was kind of oh, really? the story I talked about last the last time was, you know, had I tried to do what he wanted me to do, which was follow in his footsteps, I don't think I would have been very successful. Probably and not. he understood that, and he was really good about, you know, researching music and, well, what's the best music school and how do we get you to where you want to be and do the things that you value? Yeah, but no, somebody in that, I'm, I'm curious. Sure. Somebody in that circumstance that has a professional, uh, probably decent-paying job, how did he react? Because my my oh, father's reaction. It did reaction, not go well. Okay. All right, just want to, I just want to make sure because if, if your father's a saint, I want to know where he is so I can go, come on, you got to help me through this. Dad's been listening to the podcast too, so Big Keith. Uh, this is the story I, I love to tell about values and goals because it's such a, it's, it's very poignant. Okay. He's a physical therapist. Right. He worked very hard. Oh, they bust their ass. His name's Keith Herb. Okay. I'm Keith Herb Jr. Thank you very much. Right. And... Uh, I don't know that there was an expectation, but oh, following in footsteps. He was a, he was a physical therapist. He created his own business, oh. herb physical therapy. Oh, really? 
Yes. So he wanted a son to help take over. I don't know that, but... That seems to be illogical. When he says, son, what do you want to do for a living? And I say, dad... I want to ride a bicycle. I want to be a musician. <laughs> Not on my dime. Yeah. You're going to have <laughs> to do that by the, yourself. That was kind of the... I was like, oh, well, so much for that idea. So, But my dad was a smart guy, and he had a conference in Las Vegas. So he goes to Vegas... And he's in the bar, and he sees this trio playing, and he's his interest is now piqued. Right. So he waits, and when the band takes a break, he goes and talks to the bass player. He says, "Hey, what is this profession of music? What is this thing? I, you know, my son's interested, and I don't know who this guy is." But you need to thank him. I'm thanking him now, wherever you are, dude, in Vegas, who's may no longer be with us. But he says to my dad. I don't make a ton of money, but I make enough to provide for my family, and I love what I'm doing, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So my dad comes back from Vegas, and he says, what's the best music school? Let's figure this out. So, and you're that, going, that's kind what of were like, you smoking in, that, in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> but really, that plays into... If you're not setting your goals in line with your values, you're not going to be very successful. So if I had gone to therapy school just to appease my dad, I, I would have been miserable. And probably not very successful. I'm sure you wouldn't have been. Yeah, you need to, you need to align your goals and values. Right. Flip, flip the story on my end. I told my father I wanted to be a lawyer. And my, we went to school, majored in political science so I could be a lawyer. And about halfway through, I said, I don't want to do this. What the hell? <laughs> learn Latin. Lawyer. Well, I, I did learn Latin freaking five years I ago. Yeah. Approach your honor. <laughs> Habeas delecti. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, 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 the short end of this is that, that by the time he realized that I, I, I stopped going to classes, all I did was play music, JR. I was like, I was doing, I, they gave me a scholarship to play music. And that's all I did was play, was play man. You know, and so are you going to class? No, I'm not going to class. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and, and, and play with 45 piano players that are taking lessons. You know, and I was happy as hell. Yeah. So by the time I, I graduated and was ready to go into the Air Force, my father changed his attitude. All of a sudden, I was like, he was like, oh, well, okay, now you can be a musician. And as soon as I got into the Air Force, I was, you know, that was it. Being a musician in the Air Force was good as opposed to being a musician right. that was in a Vegas bar somewhere. <laughs> You know, not so I, I can't give the same speech. That was the speech I gave. I, did, I actually told that story. In the speech? Last year. Right. All right. Last so, spring graduation. So what's, so, your, what's your subject today? I don't know. I'm, I'm kicking things around. It's next week. I really want to talk about lifelong learning. You know, it's the deal is great. You've got your CCAF. Check the box. But it's not a, it's not a box. It's not a, you know, that's not the thing. Yeah, you check the box, but it's not the end of something. What it is, it's the start of a new chapter. Yeah, you don't you don't just yeah. Well, when I graduated from college, I was done. I wasn't going to do anymore. But but you, you still but, learn. You're, yeah, you're, you're always in growth mindset. And that's kind of what I want to pass on to this, the the graduates. Sure. Is that okay? You check the box, but it's really just the beginning of a new. You need to set a sight and continue to grow and learn because. It doesn't have to be college. It doesn't have to be credits. You can learn anything. An instrument. Right. You can learn to play bass anytime that you're in growth mindset. I better learn how to play bass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and 
if I'm going to hire you as a sub, yeah, you, you better, you better right? learn how to play. So I want to talk a little bit about that, and I also want to talk about learning is, here's the thing about learning. It's about chaos and putting chaos in order. Refining chaos. Exactly. Yeah. So how do I go about doing that in a five, seven minute speech? That should be interesting. I haven't oh. gotten there yet. That that should that's that so, should be but fun. I think that, yeah. Well, here's this. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking about. You know the song "Pomp and Circumstance." Yeah. Sing it to me. Ba, da, 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 so they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna play that when they. Play. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So that was Edward Elgar wrote that. In, yes. I think 1904. The title comes from Shakespeare. Right. Othello. Right. And it's something like. No longer the steeds, nay, and blah, blah. You know Shakespeare. Right. Uh, what the hell for are you talking and about? Where are thou? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Desdemona. So for God, it's Desdemona. Desdemona. Uh, uh, Othello was a the, black the, man. The, yes. You know. Yeah, there's a racial, a lot of right. racial, a racial stuff there. Yeah, right. in that one. Like, we, Tracy Morgan Othello. would make a great Othello. Desdemona, <laughs> get over here. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. So at some point he says something like, no longer the steeds of this and the the pride and the pomp and circumstance of the winds of war or something like that. So pomp is the military pageantry, which is order. And circumstance is war as it's it's unpredictable. You know, it's the yin and the yang, it's yeah. It's chaos and order. And what we need to do is you need to have a foot in chaos and a foot in order, right? To live well, a really good life. Well, think because think. if you're in total chaos, you're just a soup sandwich, like like Dave Snyder. <laughs> Chain smoking. We're, we'll get to that. That's, that's going to be in, take me to the weller here in a minute. But if you're in total total order, that's not good either because you're not learning. You're no. not you're not learning. From, you're sitting there going, "It's one, two, and seven. Well, and and, and look at some of the. People that were very orderly, I'll start with the Nazis and go on to, you know, too much order is not a good thing. JR, just, just take it this way. These guys have been busting their ass working on a degree for CCAF. Right. So they've been working hard. They've been doing what they're, what they're supposed to do. They've been coming home from work and still doing stuff. Yeah. So, still doing so their job. Busting yeah. their ass and still doing the their baby. jobs. Cutting right? the grass. Cutting the grass, doing whatever. Making dinner. Now it all stops. So you've gone from this ordered mess to ostensibly chaos because now you don't know what you're doing at 10 o'clock at night before you go to bed. You know, yes. you, you don't know what you, where you're headed. And, and, you, and you don't know the subject matter. You're trying to you figure have, out what no the hell idea, is this statistics what, what I, crap? What am I supposed to do with all this stuff? So now you're in, you're in chaos and you've got to come, come up with some order for this stuff. And the order is starting to look for something else to grow into. So you can have a little bit of that swirling chaos that turns into something else. That's, that's life. It is. It's all life. It's, it's taking... When you come into this world, you don't know shit. And, and you learn. And then hopefully you still don't know shit by the time you die. Even when you're dead, though, you're, even until you die, you're still learning. You're yeah. still, oh. This is, this is happening, that's happening, what's, you know, yeah. So it's not, okay, I got a book, I read it, I took the test, I passed the class, that's education. You're being educated your whole life. And if people can get in that mindset of, 
I need to continue to grow, be in growth mindset, and, and learn things, then I, I think the world will be in a better place. That's where we everybody needs to continue to, to grow, to grow and, and open their ears and listen. You know, so why don't we do my tune? It's a wild card. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's so we were looking at tunes to play, and then he's like, I got this. And I'm like, I don't have shit, man. I got nothing. And then he flips <laughs> a couple pages book. of books and he goes, It's hey, the first page. Look, it's changes. We can make a tune out of this. I got this thing. Let's do like, that. So I'm like, Yeah, we could, we could do that. So we took a quick look at it, and we'll, we'll give it a spin here for you and see what you all think. But um, we decided to call it Wild Card because. It was just, oh, well, here's... Let's do this. Oh, this is we'll something to notebook. notebook. <laughs> it's like, it's one of these cheesy notebooks. My, my mom bought me this. You, people have, everybody has these stupid, they're like these spiral-bound, what would you call that? It's, it's, it's a hardback book. It's, but the cover's like really, you know, artsy. artsy. Yeah. And it's got like music stuff on it. But Music it, is my life. And it's just staff paper inside. And I'm like, well... I have it. I might as well use it. The good it, thing so. about it is, is we're both left-handed. Writing in that's a lot easier <laughs> the way it is. Because there's a lot you of You can write on the other pages. Yeah, Vinny brings in a, a notebook with, with you know, letters scribble. and numbers to scribble on. I'm yeah. like, that's your what, tune? What the hell is that? Trust me, it works I out I at least have the common decency. <laughs> well, you know, decency, schmeetsency. <laughs> you know, you just have to get over it. <laughs> what's, what's funny is, okay, what the heck? And I go, oh. We can oh. play like, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's kind of really, nice. Yeah, that's I can use this game. Here, yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and then I go, oh, that's harder than it looks. Oh crap! <laughs> He's just tormenting me, or I'm just All tormenting right. you. So All right, let's 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 play. This is, this is wild card. Let's get let's let's get wild.
like that tune, dude. Um, it's it's got potential. Yeah, the, the, I like the melody that you worked out for it. Um, in the A section, it was really nice. Yeah. I, like, I like the suspensions and the and the bridge. Yeah, the suspensions and the yeah. bridge are nice. You know, um, yeah, it's it, it works it works out really well. I I, I could play some. Yeah, it, it's it, it's got it's got some nice changes. Yeah, I like that. What's funny? I I open the page up and I'm like, that's my handwriting. I don't remember right. I don't remember right, but we're playing. We're going. Oh, what? Oh, this this is not this, so bad. This will be on your third album, you know, and, and you'll you'll write the line. You'll write my the third album notes. reflections. You'll you write you write the liner notes. This was born in a basement in Ohio, Kettering, Ohio, Ohio. of all places. Of all places, the birthplace of aviation. Oh my God. So, all right, we're gonna have to take me down to the Weller. Oh, take me down to the Weller. What's your Weller story today? This has to do with when I enlisted in the United States Air Force. Okay. There's a legend. He's a base legend. Legend. Yes, his name He's is Derek Smalls. Derek Smalls on base. He wrote this. <laughs> it's Dave <laughs> Snyder. Dave Snyder was his bass player, and he was at my audition at Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia. So... He was not my first contact with the Air Force. A guy named Staff Sergeant Nichols was my first contact. He was the auditions guy at Robinson. He's retired here. He's a tax guy here now. Retired senior Todd master. Nichols. Yeah. yeah, Todd Nichols. So, he was at, yeah, I think he was at Hanscom, but the audition was going to take place down at Robbins. So I go up to this audition, and I meet this bass player, and... He looks a little bit like Herman Munster. <laughs> He's this big, goofy guy. And he's got this Fender P bass, and he plays the living shit out of it. I mean, he is just... Here's my bass. He's just beating the hell out of his bass. But he's a little scatterbrain. A little? This guy... So, after I got in the Air Force... I got to serve with him in, in, Hawaii. in Hawaii and got to uh, experience him a little bit. And this guy would smoke two packs of Marlboros a day. Hell, he would smoke several on one break. He, at times, would have... Chain smoking too late? He, he, he would be lighting one with the other and forget to put the other one out. And he'd be standing there with two cigarettes in his hand, you know, politicking... Politicking for something. Holding, holding court in the in in the parking lot of the band. Beautiful. Yeah, he he was just unbelievable. Um, and when he found out, his nickname was Dumb Dave. Right. Or Freak Show. Freak Show. Right. And he was just a funny guy, not on purpose. Great bass player. Uh -huh. Like to push. He was a little. He yeah, was he little was, he, yeah, he gave new meaning to the word push. Yeah, he was. He was on top of. of he was on top of man, it. Top of he, it. And, but he knew tunes, man. He, yeah. you know, especially like some of the funk tunes, you know, like. Um, oh, sissy strut. Yeah. 
All those kind of like 70s, 60s. How old is he? Uh, he's probably 10 years older than me, or he's probably in the 60s now. Oh, okay. See, did he did he uh, go back to Georgia? Where'd he go? I think they retired in Washington State. Really? He's not from Washington, though, is he? I don't think so. I think his wife, Diane. She, oh, she might have been from Pittsburgh. I thought she was. Uh, I thought, yeah, I think she. Somehow they ended up in. in yeah, I think he got a teaching job either in Oregon or Washington State. Really? I think that's where they ended up. Wow. This is all guess and conjecture, and I have no idea. Right. But he was a great guy. He was. He was. Uh, he was my supervisor for a while. What he was just a character. So, anyways, that's my take me to the Weller story was meeting and, and working with. Freak Show, a.k.a. Dumb Dave Snyder, who I really, I really like Dave. He's a good guy. I heard enough about him. I know I, I don't know him. I heard him, about him. He's a legend in yeah, Brookfield. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know him, but I know him. Yeah. yeah. You know of him because of, of him. Yeah, all the stories. All the stories I heard. Yeah, yeah he, he was a nut. So, anyways, that was Take Me to the Weller <laughs> on order, this episode. In, order of Scott, in honor of Scott Weller and all his deeds in the Air Force. Deeds. Yeah. The right. deeds. The deeds. Yeah. All right. What, what do you got? Um, what are we talking about now? Um, so I did a resiliency class today. Yeah, I had something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. You had uh, common courtesy cookout. or something. Oh, or cookout. Oh, canals. Yeah, it was somewhat courtesy. Oh, uh, oh, oh, here. It, well, it kind of goes with adulting. And every, and, and, oh, that's right. So... My daughter just graduated college. Which one? Um, which college or which which daughter? I only have one. Which kid? Uh, Justice. Oh, okay. Justice, yeah. Your my, actual, yeah, yeah. My actual my actual daughter and my stepkids. Um, Justice graduated with a degree in social work, and she finally started her big time real job. We talked about this. Right. 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 Okay, right. Yeah. So she she started her big time job, and we met on Sunday, and we were talking about the job and everything else. I'm going to visit my mother for for her 80th birthday in July. And she was supposed to come with me, but she had a moment where she decided, based on the fact that she just started this job, she couldn't do it because she's doing social work and, and uh, she has clients and she can't just stop and say, oh, shit, the hell with that. So we were talking about the fact that now she's an adult and there are certain responsibilities and things that you have to do. And we were talking about this before on, on multiple occasions, the fact that a job as a parent is to teach their child, even at the earliest age, to be adults. To be adults. That's the truth, my and friend. when they That's finally the get there, I sat there, JR. It was one of those picture moments that I will remember. I'll probably pass through my head when I die. She has reached a new level. She's got to the level where she understands that she's an adult. She's got shit going on. She needs to make sure she takes care of business. But she was talking about that was why I brought it up earlier when you were talking about chaos and, and school. Yes. She just she's she's a daddy. I'm out of school. I don't have to. I don't have anything to do. She says I don't have I don't have, you have everything to do. Well, she has everything to do, but but all the things that were prior stuff. She was used to going, I have a class on Skype on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. Not anymore. Right. What are you going to do, Justice? Well, I'm going to make sure i got clothes for work. i got things i got to do. i got to start studying some, for the, for the uh, social work exam, you know, uh, to become a licensed social worker. So it changes how she is. But the, 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 the reason I brought it up, too, was because we were talking about the fact that it's the, it's the summer of the, the two-thirds of your, of your children are home. 
Yes. You know? yeah. So it changes the whole behavior of how they're coming in from a situation where they're adulting on their own, even though they're not, not completely out on their own yet. And they're coming back into this house. It changes a little bit about how they are for a summer. It changes how you, you and Lisa, you know, oh, it changes your lifestyle react sure. in the summer. But yeah. but you got you got to got to treat them like adults, but expect adult things from them at the same time. It's tough. You know, if if you don't, they can sit, sit around, lounge around, eat ice cream. All if time. you're doing things correctly, in my opinion, you're treating them like adults through their whole lives. Right. You're not having the you're baby really, talk. You're not having baby talk with them when they're four, and yeah, yeah. You you treat them as an adult. You you have a conversation they're not, with them. They're not in your bed. They right. have their own beds. Right. Thank thank you. Thank you. There's just certain things of parenting that I think people, they don't get. Mm-mm. And there's no book and there's no manual. And I'm not saying I'm the perfect parent. No, well, no, nobody's a perfect parent. But we, my we God, learn. I think you're right. You're, the, the goal is to get them to be productive human beings and, and solid humans that walk this, the face of this earth. And that's the goal. And hopefully, even once, if they do live in your basement, if they're solid human beings. Right. If they're solid human beings. I mean, they're so working it. and they're living in your basement, fine. If they're you know, productive members of the society, I don't care. I don't care if they if they if they yeah. want to come live with us, but they have to do something. They can't just sit there and eat chips and watch Maury Povich. It ain't happening. Or exactly. You know they've got they've got to have contribute. Just to this. play video games all day. No, I'm no, sorry. Not no, my house. Not my house. Go 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 make your own house. No, you can do whatever kids, you want. Yeah, exactly. And and that's it's hard. And and I'll go back to the book I was reading, Jordan Peterson. Right. He talks about raising kids and. Um, don't let your kids do things that piss you off or make you know that you don't like and you have to do the dirty work is what he says you have to do the things that you don't want to do to raise them correctly because if you don't do the dirty work somebody else is going to have to have do, to the, do, do work. the dirty work and it will be dirtier right it will well, be dirtier because well, they're going to be institutionalized or whatever whether it's prison or military or, or whatever. Well, yeah. To, to right now, at this point, you can't get in the military if you don't have your shit together. Right, that's true. It's not, like it, it's not like it used to be. Good luck. But, but the other thing, too, is is I'm sure with your kids, because they're all, are they're, they got one more year before they graduate? They're going into their junior year. Junior year. So they got two more years to graduate. Yeah. So I imagine if any one of them came back after they completed their four-year degree, they said, Mom and Dad, um, I'm not exactly sure what I need to do. I'm not sure if I'm going to go be going to go to a master, get my master's degree, or if I'm going to be. That's perfect. Um, I'm going to wind up. I need to come home for a little while. Right. You know. And you're you're a wonderful parent. I'm sure Lisa is too. Okay, you can come home, but we got we got some we got some rules to set up here. You know. Yes. You're coming home with a with, to get a job. You know, you gotta you gotta make money to take care of yourself because we're not taking care of you. You're old enough to take care of yourself, right? And you've gotta formulate your plan about what you're doing next. Whatever that formulation is, it can't take ten years. It can't take five years. It can't take two years. You got about six months to figure it out about what you're gonna right. do. Right. And and the thing is, there are ground rules in this household. You're not staying up partying all night. Right. I mean, you're an adult. Right. But I have to get up and work in the morning. So you're not bouncing your ass in here at three o'clock in the morning. Waking my ass. Waking my I can't ass. get back to sleep. No, 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 no. My house, my rules. You don't like it. GTFO. Here, here's the get the fuck okay. out. Here's the thing that 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 
you talk about Jordan Peterson talking about having mm-hmm. kids not do something that you don't want them to do. Yes, don't let kids do things that you don't you, like. You don't like. That make that, you dislike them. That's 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 right at the top of the list. My house, my rules. You don't follow them. I don't care if I if I, you know, help contribute to your birth. You got to figure a way out of this house because you can't stay here and play these shenanigans. You can try. You can test me at 20 or 18 or 19, but there's a limit to where that goes. It's the truth. You know, and it's just one of those things that I don't think, I think there are too many parents in the world that don't do that. It's hard. Of course it's hard. Parenting is hard work. Parenting is not easy. You know, you have to you have to say shit you and walk mistakes. into the, you have to, we have to say something and walk into the other room and going, Oh God, I just oh well, well you know, that's what it is. You know, I'm gonna deal with uh, it. I'm not here to make friends. No, no, your kids you are not be supposed to be with, with friends. a million people, but you can only be a parent to one person. person. You only have one one dad, you only have one mom. mom. So they can have tons of friends. Don't worry about having friends. If my if my brother listen, ever listens to this, he'll be he'll be upset with them, with what I'm trying to say. But my father always made fun of him because he, Philip said that my dad was his best friend, and he goes, "I'm your father. I'm not your friend." That's the <laughs> truth, and it really is the truth. You know, I I, it's, it's I was the, afraid of my dad just until about two months before he died. It's not that you can't be friendly. No, friendly is fine. A responsibility or a relationship. Sure. A relationship right. is not friend. And the relationship doesn't have to be adversarial, but it's not buddy buddy. It's not bosom buddies. Yeah, yeah. You know, sit down and have a beer, shoot the shit, talk. That's fine. But you know, I'm not go- going party out with my father. <laughs> Not so nowadays. what the fuck is it with beards? Everybody has a beard now. I, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm driving about, home from work, and I'm uh, every car I look in, the guy's got a fucking beard. What is it? What is with all these beards? Wait, that, when that, did that come back? Came back I, for I me right after I got out of the Air Force. Well, that's, <laughs> I've been shaving for 26 years. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, well, here's here's a, here's a question. Is it me? Are there more people with beards? No, no. The, and the, longer beards? The beard, like, the beard, exotic the beard beards? Like, craze, like, if you remember watching the Oscars. Oh, so it's a craze. It's, it's a craze. A, okay. It's a, it's a craze. Okay. You remember watching the Oscars about two or three years ago? I uh, Casey Affleck had a beard. Jake Gyllenhaal had a beard. Oh, my God. There were more beards. And they're not the ones like I have. If you look at my beard, it's shaved. Yeah, it's cropped. A, it's, a very it's, it's, it's well-maintained. Well-maintained beard. You know, yes. not these people. You could freaking hide a, hide a, a, a family of four birds it's in there. Yeah, yeah. You can find a, a, a snake hey. in there. You know, there's, these things are ridiculous. There's a nest of, of robins. Right. You know, I think I think the baby's due next week. You know, um, yeah, that, that's that's a crazy thing, but it's. I'll say it this way. What I like about the, that that is not that these guys are growing crazy ass spirits. I don't like the crazy ass spirits, but I like the, the ability, and you will too. I guarantee it. The ability to decide once you're out of the Air Force if and what you have for facial hair. I've had goatees. I've had soul patches. I've had mustaches. I've had mutton chops. Anything I want doesn't make a difference. Now I can't say that I've had these things for very long. You know, I, I, so it's kind of faddish for you. It's a, it's faddish because I've had. Because I'm going to have a mohawk. Oh, you need to have something. You, know, yeah. you, get, you get out of the air. When force, I get out of the air force, yeah. you, you're going to be good friend. Oh, this is great. This is great. So, Lieutenant Colonel Army retired. Right, he's the guy that's going to do your retirement. Possibly. Yeah. He's growing his hair out, and I'm just like, I'm in total shock because it's like. Down to his neck. Yeah. yeah. Every time I saw him, very serious, very Lieutenant Colonel, infantry. Right. Very, conser- very serious. Conser- shit. Oh yeah, serious fucking shit, man. And I'm saying, that's 
oh my, you know, just I'm in disbelief. There, there was a there was a guy probably just before your time in the Air Force. His name was Chief Frank Hawanick. Huh. Frank Hawanick had he was the original Mister Buzzcut. Okay. Constantly. Inch and a half, you could measure it. You could walk up to him on a Monday, and three months later, he had the, the inch and a half hair on top of his head, shaved down to almost his skin on the, on the side. He was, he was, I think he was last chief at Scott Air Force Base. When I got to Scott in the early 90s, he showed up to something. And I knew who he was because I had met him once I was when, earlier in the Air Force. Right. This man looked like Jesus. He was, he was full beard, long hair. Now, his hair, because it was cut so short, you couldn't see that it was, was salt and pepper or, or gray. Right. So this is now more gray than it is black. And he, I swear to God, it looked like the second coming of Christ. Have you noticed when you're in the barber shop that all the hair is gray that they cut off? <laughs> but you get out and you're like, it doesn't look, my hair's not that gray, but all the hair on, on, the, on, on the black thing they put smock they put on you is every, every hair is gray what, 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 that's not my hair I love my hair what the hell is going I used on to get here my, I used to get my hair cut probably every three weeks when I was in the Air Force maybe yeah, four maybe three four, weeks right. I'm due tomorrow right so I, I, I went months without getting my hair cut so I, I've come and cut it down and I don't care if they cut it down to an Air Force haircut because I know it's going to grow back right. but I'm sitting there watching the hair clump down and I'm going Whose hair is that? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, not my, that's not my hair. Hey, hey motherfucker. <laughs> Whose hair, hair are you putting on my smock? You know, you don't get any extra money for cutting off more hair, dude. You get paid the same. Same money. Hey, you know. So stop putting other people's hair. Stop putting other gray, gray, other, dude. you know, less than fine looking hair on my head. Yeah, yeah it's a, I, I, I never understood that. I think we're getting old, Vinny. No. No, we're, say it's not we're, so. We're not getting old. We're just seasoned like dark horse wine. Yeah. Made, made yesterday. <laughs> oh my! So, next topic. Okay. I have an idea for future podcasts. It will be a sh- an offshoot of on base off point, or it could be on base off point. Base masters. Or master basters. Well, we, 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 master basis. Master basis. Master, ba- uh, master or master bakers. <laughs> Master Baker. Oh, Master Baker. Oh, samurai Master Baker. Oh. <laughs> samurai. Yeah, we'll, we'll, that? We'll, yeah we'll, have, we'll have a video that chops up a bass. <laughs> we'll make sure it's not a good one. <laughs> John Belushi. Yeah. That's that, yeah. You, you want half a cake? Oh, you want half a cake? <laughs> so, all right. So, what? Who's going to be in this? Uh, you know. Well, it's going to be me and you, but we'll do a little oh, research oh, oh. and highlight a bass player. Maybe we can start with Jocko. Okay. Or a bass player that has influenced our lives or just maybe a bass player that we're interested in and we don't know a, a lot, lot about, about, but want to do some research and, and research their, their bass lines or, or like Carol Kay. People don't know a lot about Carol Kay, but... Or Joe Osborne. Or, yeah, there's so many great players out there and we, we could just, instead of you know doing our on-bass and on-point, we'll actually do a, a bass master Series. Bassmaster, master bassist. Master, bassmaster, BMMB. BMMB. So I you don't know, give people the wrong idea that we're very self-indulgent. or. It's all about us. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's nothing to do with anybody else. Bass players, what? I think there's only uh, two of bass us. Bass players are built to support other people. That's what we do. We're like offensive linemen. Some of us Some are that us. big. <laughs> well, not yet. Anyways, it's a thought. <laughs> 
Sure. It's just a thought. Do you, you want to pick somebody to start with when no, we do? No, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there as a, as a p- potential. Potential. To think about. All right. Let's, let's think about maybe doing a, um, if, a feature or a, 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 you know, a master. I, I say what we do is you and I write down our 10 favorite bass players. Ooh. And we put them in a hat. And on an episode of On Bass Hop Point. We'll put numbers on them. Put number and throw it up on the dartboard. Whatever number we hit, we'll, we'll pick each 10. There's right. 20 numbers on the dartboard. So we each pick 10. 10, but then we have to have, yeah, 10 because. Right, 10, 10, 20. Right. If, if, it's, if we each have Jocko on there, this, there's a, more chances that right. It'll be we Jocko. hit him. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So next week we're, we'll, we'll, we'll each come in with ten our 10 top bass players that we would like to talk about or explore. That's that doesn't have to be our favorite bass player. doesn't have to be players. a favorite bass player, but it's somebody that you're interested in or that, that yeah. you've heard before and you go, oh, I'm, I'd like to know more about this person. Yeah, they don't have, I mean, there's so many bass players out there that, like like Tony Levin. I was, I, thinking, I, was thinking, about I was thinking about him. Yeah. You know, he, he's just, he was with King Crimson, Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a legend, but I don't know a lot about him. He has a three-string bass. He plays bass with these wooden sticks. And puts on his fingers. Yeah, puts on his like fingers. John Entwistle. Right. The Austin. Right. And he could beat the crap out of bass. That's why he died. Maybe. Well, is he? Yeah, he's gone too, isn't he? John Entwistle, John Entwistle died on the first night of the Who's Comeback Tour in Vegas. Are you serious? He was, he was see, with... These he, are things that we could talk about. Yeah, he was with like uh, 14 women and he was, he was he died of a coke overdose or a heart attack or something. He decided he was ready to party, but he forgot that he was 59. I should have went to bed at 7. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that, that'd be perfect. We could pick out those and we just throw it in the dartboard and then we decide when we're going to do an episode of that and just throw it in there. Tina Weymouth. Oh, from uh, uh, Talking Heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna throw out female bass players, you gotta throw Tal Wilkenfeld in there and Esmeralda uh, Spalding. Yeah. She's a little crazy. A little great, great. Great, great. But she's a fantastic bass player. Fantastic. All right, let's do another one of your tunes. Okay. This is the one that's kind of rocky. You know, I guess. I guess. Let's do that. Let's do that one. Put a nice, nice little uh, introduction in front Let of it. Let me guess. Once again. What? There's no fucking name for this tune. Um, no. I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to call it something. It's a weak, oh something. I like no, that. No, 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 I can't use that one. I think that's been taken. <laughs> yeah. hmm. I like that name. Something. Huh? I was I was uh, I didn't really write a tune for about for the Grand Canyon thing, and uh, we're gonna, we're just going to call this wide open spaces. I like that. Yeah, it kind of it kind of works with this tune. You know, not that tune. Oh, that's, that being, that, that's being taken. Mm-hmm. That's number thirty-three on the Beatles hits. Yeah, actually, it's probably better than that. But, yeah. So, how did you come about writing this song? This was this was just this is one of the things that I like about this. Usually about two or three days before I have I have Wednesdays and Thursdays off, and then Saturday what? stuff. Yes, I, I did not approve that. I have a great gig. I have a great gig, <laughs> and, and I and I got promoted, so I you know it's even better. 
but um, the, the, the long and the short of it is is that I sit down and play all the time. Chrissy likes, likes to listen to me play, but I'll just sit, through, sit down and start writing stuff. So last night we were talking, and I just started playing this, and by the time we were done talking, I had it all written out. So I was like, okay. And, and it just, just, just came. I, I'd like to say there was divine intervention, but it's probably more of a, did I have alcohol last night? No, I didn't have alcohol last night. So it wasn't alcohol-induced. <laughs> My playing will be alcohol-induced today. I can guarantee that. So let's play this.
Well, do you like it? Yeah, it's not Metallica, but right. it's definitely a rock feel. Yeah, it's definitely a rock feel. It's got feel. like a, a driving. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the part it's that's a rock. Got a driving, a rock yeah, kind yeah, of This, feel this to is it. not inner sound. When you play straight up eighth notes or quarter notes on bass and it feels good, yeah. ah, that's like even if even if like. I could just ACDC. Yeah, it's that's that's part of the bass player's meat. That's if you if you can't play quarter notes, go home. Don't bother playing bass. That's right. Don't bother playing bass. If you can't just play quarter notes or straight eighth notes on one. You know, Baby. That's right. That's right. Meat and potatoes that's, for the whole. That's thing. where we make our money. Whole day long. That's when you're on base. That's <laughs> yeah, that's they, where we get. Ain't no off point. You are uh-huh. on you base. You are on base when you're just throwing down a groove like that. Stone cold. Stone cold base. Stone cold groove. So the kids are home. So we'll get to the finer points. Do we have music for the finer points? I, I can't remember. What it, yeah, we do. I think so. Okay, so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, at this point of the show. Vinny and JR present the finer points. We talk about fine dining. Sometimes it's oatmeal. <laughs> like the stuff I left in your fridge. <laughs> ah. Funny story. So last week, Vinny comes over to do the podcast, and he bought some stuff to cook over the weekend. Said, just throw this in the fridge. I'll grab it on the way out. Yeah. Well, that was last week. It's still in the fridge. I'm saying that now so that when we finish tonight, I can go up and get Maybe the goddamn we'll remember. I don't, to, I don't even know what the hell's in there. I was like, it's, 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 I texted it's, me, I'm like, did you leave some kind of jihadi bomb in my fridge? No, man. I haven't even looked in there. It's like oatmeal, yogurt, and like apples, you know, or whatever. I don't know what you're going to make with that. Yeah. Breakfast. So, so my wife, Lisa, flew down to Florida. Oh, that's right. You had to bring home somebody, right? She had to bring Rachel home, and it's, it's a two-day trip. Yeah, that's a long, you know, and, and you, plus you got to move out of the her apartment. All that's pack up the car. They stopped and saw our other daughter. Oh, where's she? On the way up, she's in Gainesville. Oh, so it's a long process, and, and I know it's very tiring. So I'm like, well, when they get back, I'll make a nice, a nice dinner. And what was your nice dinner? I was gonna don't say PB and J. I bought pizza. No, <laughs> I like to cook on the grill. Good. I like so I thought too. maybe surf and turf or something. I'm thinking I'm, I'm just going to run up to Kroger. Get something come back. Get something come back. And it actually worked out pretty good because I got chicken. I got two nice chicken breasts. Oh, okay. And some salmon. Okay. A nice piece of salmon. Mm-hmm. And then I did, um, this is kind of cool. I took fingerling potatoes, sliced them up. You know what they are? They're little, little tiny. Small, small potatoes? Yeah, with different colors. Oh, okay. So okay. I cut them in a little different you know, sizes, put them in tinfoil. Yeah, yeah, butter, put the butter in there and put them on the grill. Just do them on the grill. Oh, that's just, perfect. And they bur- they got burnt. Really? But it was made them crunchy like, like French fries. How'd they get burnt? I had them on the I had them on the Way too damn long. Yeah. You put them up like a, on a top rack and let no, them no, work? No, no. Oh. I was cooking on charcoal. Oh. I was, I was on the Weber. Oh. Yeah, I, I had to do this all on the Weber. 
So how did you do the salmon? Because I'm terrible about a fish for me. I, I love fish. It came out cook, great. Cooking fish for me is always hard. Did you put it in foil as well? I did. I put it, uh, you got to put skin side down. Right. I know that. And what I did was I took a little lemon juice, right. sprinkled it on there, and I there was like, uh, it was some kind of... Uh, Not paprika shoot. or something. No, like no, no. It was some kind of seasoning like a... Lemon pepper. It was, it was, I was, that's what I wanted. I wanted lemon pepper. Couldn't find it. Came up with some other seasoning. It was, it was a pepper or something blend. Okay. Garlic. Pepper garlic blend thing. And it oh. and a, a twisty kind of... Oh. That sounds good. Under there. And just covered it. Right. Over. And put it on not hot. Not right. the hot side. And just kind of let it go how, nice and slow. How, about how 10 minutes. About 10 minutes? 7 to 10 minutes. Okay. I just... I just looked at it. And nice thing about that cut of salmon is you can kind of look at the the side, the slice on the side, and kind of go, "Okay, I think we're, I think we're." Well, the nice here. thing, the nice thing about it too, without sounding silly, if you cook a salmon medium rare, that's okay. Exactly. Well, you can eat it. Raw. You get it raw. Yeah. This is the thing, Lisa, with pork, she gets just crazy if, if it's pink, and I'm like, it's not the color. With chicken, okay, I get it. Chicken's it's, completely. You got to cook chicken. But she's like, look at this pork. I don't want to die. I'm like, listen. I, I, I've eaten pork for years and I'm not so, dead. So she, she made pork chops the next day. She made pork chops and they were delicious. She does a great job. She, she takes them, she puts them in uh, the bread. and the, Oh, yeah, yeah. Fry, the, does she fry them or is she bake Yeah, them? well, she fries them initially. And then bakes the rest of them. Then puts them in a cat thing mm-hmm. and bakes mm-hmm. them. And they come out great. Mm-hmm. I do that It's too. like you don't want to go too long. No. But they're moist. They're nice and tender. And and she asked me three times, three times, does this look pink? The first time she says, does this look pink? And I go, it's not important because what's important is the temperature of the meat. It can be pink and it's going to be fine. It's like 165 degrees or higher. Okay. Matter. Exactly. So. Make some lovely boarding gifts. Thanks for playing. She's, she's eating and eating this and that and other. And comes back and there's another piece of. And she goes, Does this look pink to you? And I go, It may be a little pink, but the important thing is that we cook it to 165. Well, I didn't measure the temperature. I'm like, It was in the oven for. Usually, usually, if I did the same thing and I cooked it, I, there was a third time. A third time she did that. She Jesus goes, Christ! Does this I, look? Ah! I just told you five million times. It doesn't matter if it's big. If, especially if you if you fry it and you're you're keeping in the flavors, and then you put the damn thing in the oven. Usually, I leave it in the oven for like forty minutes. Oh, that's that's plenty of time. You when know you it's going to be done. Out, the next five minutes, it actually gets hotter. Right. Yeah, when you get it to rest, yeah. Mm-hmm. When it rests. So yeah. it's plenty done. It's juicy and it's delicious. It's like, it's done. It's going to be so, fine. Sorry, back up. Back up. How was the salmon? The salmon came out great. Yeah. Everyone loved the salmon. I didn't eat it. Oh, really? I don't like salmon. I don't really? like seafood. No, I'm not. not nothing at all? Um, fish. I'm not big on fish. I will indulge in shrimp. Scallops, maybe tilapia and salmon. But uh, no, I'd rather really. have a steak. Well, of course I'd rather have a steak. Yeah. If you give me a choice between a steak and seafood, no contest. And although, oh, yeah. although I'll say this. If you ever have the opportunity to have swordfish, swordfish is the steak mm. of seafood. Okay. It's fantastic. 
Fantastic. We used to get really good scallops in Virginia Beach. Oh, I bet you did. Off the boat. A buddy of mine, uh, his name is Barry Moore, he knew guys that worked the boats. And he would say, I got a guy coming in, do you want scallops? Fuck yeah. yeah. And it was like 10 bucks a pound. Oh, a big And scallop? they were like, oh, good no, they were fresh. Good and they were scallops. like, some of them were like yellow. Yeah. They were like, the bad, they were the bomb. Mm-hmm. But when you live close to the sea. Oh, see, that's that's the only thing I hate about Ohio. We're not close sea, to shit. No. You know, you, you, you want some good seafood? Go, go to the East Coast. Go to Atlantic City. Go, go to, somewhere where there's an ocean. Yeah, that somewhere, helps. somewhere damn close. At least I hope so, for the love of God. Yeah, so the other thing I made was Brussels sprouts. I, I cooked these on the grill as well. Brussels sprouts. You would love these. What I did was I cut off the little tails of them, halved them, and then I also took some an onion, half an onion, cut it up, and a few zucchini. Okay, so you're you're okay. I'm listening. And I put all those in, in aluminum foil. In aluminum foil, but before I did that, I marinated them in vinegar, mm. oil, and a little bit of sugar for a half hour, forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And they came out really nice. Yeah, and I would probably the the Brussels sprout thing. I just don't like. I just don't like the damn cabbage thing. I'm not a big cabbage person. So these, here's the thing I found about if you can burn them just a little bit, just a little bit, get them crunchy. They yeah, they but they're better. You don't want them dry, crunchy. No, no, no. You want them kind of soaked in something and a little crunchy. And this is the other thing I threw in there. When I was at Kroger, I bought two strips of bacon at the. Oh, everything's better with bacon. <laughs> everything's better with bacon. I, I might, I might eat dog shit with bacon. <laughs> well, no. In foil. In foil. On the grill. Okay. <laughs> a little pan. A little pan. Dog salt, shit. pepper. And some bacon. <laughs> yeah. that's not the finer things, though. <laughs> that's the. That's, that's the, the final that's, thing. That's the fine. Kill you. I, what, look what I found, thing. <laughs> look what I found. Let's cook it. No. So I cut up. Instead of like buying a package of bacon, right. you can go to the the you know the meat counter get the, and say, "Give me, give me just two pieces of bacon. It's a buck." Oh wow! And get, I get it was pepper, pepper bacon. Perfect. And I cut them into little strips about an inch. Tossed it in there. Threw that in just raw and let that marinate and cook. That came out really nice. Okay, I I I will yield. I, if you ever made that, I would try it. If you ever made it again, yes. I would try it. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I would. I would give that a try. We can definitely make now, that. Chrissy will never eat anything that's green. She does not except green beans. Are you kidding me? I'm dead fucking serious. <laughs> Chrissy is a lovely woman. I love her to death. But her version of vegetables are carrots and green beans. That's it. Not carrots. Uh, corn. Excuse me. She'll eat carrots on occasion. Well, that's the other thing I put on the grill. Was corn. Corn. Now corn. I, yeah. But you know, corn's a perfect food. I just wrapped it looks, in looks tin same foil way. once again. Looks the same way. I call it tin foil. Most people call it aluminum foil. Aluminum foil, yes, aluminum foil. I'm old. I call it tin foil. That's tin foil for me. You make the hats with them. Just you know. Wrap it. I wrapped it. Threw it on the grill. It came out great. It was burnt in areas, and that was like real caramelized. It made it really sweet. Drew's uh, stepdad, um, Barney. I remember Barney. Barney's Barney's a great guy. We used to go over to Barney's house when we were up in Cleveland, and he would put the the whole unshucked corn 
on the grill. And what he would do is right. he would soak it in water and put it on there so that, yeah. it, so that it didn't burn and turn it. Best damn corn in the mm -hmm. cob ever. Really? And the Slivovitz, the, the, uh, the, the plum liqueur afterwards. He used, to, he used to take us down to the, 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 you know. Now, we were on the Air Force's diamond. Yes, there was a designated driver. The last time I saw Barty, I was the, I was the NCOIC, so I didn't have to worry about driving back to the dam. Oh, that's a, oh, now I have a good, I have a good Weller story. Just remember, I have a good Weller story for the next time. But Barney's over there going, hey, have you tried Slivovitz? I go, Slivovitz? What the hell is that? He goes, it's um, like Polish or whatever, whatever, Ukrainian, Croatian. Plum liqueur. Plum liqueur. Oh, oh boy. That sounds dangerous. Goes down smooth, but you don't remember anything afterwards. It's, it, it is. It is. You know, they say some some liquors. Uh, you know, whatever they call that stuff. That, this one's an amnesiac because <laughs> you don't remember what the hell happened afterwards. <laughs> Nothing. So wow. I'm sitting there going. Barney goes, how many have you had? I don't know, Barney, four or five? Because you should probably stop. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. How'd that work out? I was good. I slept like a baby. It was freaking great. And woke up the next morning. That was well. That's another. That's another Weller story. All right, never mind. Oh well, yeah. We have um, one more thing to do, right? The reading room. The reading room. Do we have? We don't have a. I don't know what we have for that. I don't either. We're gonna have to figure out these tunes. I don't. I can't make up. I made up one for you know. Hey, the reading room was really good last time. Was that the reading room? What oh. is now? So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome yourself to the reading room, where J.R. talks about a book that he read, Nobody Cares. The Reading Room. It's better than the books that I've read. Yeah. So, we had an episode called Rub Some Dirt In. Right, right, right. That was a kind of uh, a fun thing, because we were it talking was. about our kids. You talk about childhood. kids and how... Their expectation, even last week we talked about falling, mm -hmm. where the first instinct you have... It's the first fear you have, is falling. Is falling. Yeah. Because it's a sensation of whatever. Right. You have no idea what's happening. That's that's the, the reason that you have the fear. Right. So I'm reading this book right now. I've read it. I'm kind of rereading it. It's called Lessons from the Hanoi Hilton, Six Characteristics of High-Performing Teams. Taylor Baldwin, Killen, and Peter Fretwell. That sounds kind of serious. Yeah. When you talk about the Hanoi Hilton, for those of you that don't know, that's where the flyers from Vietnam... Preponderance of the prisoners of war from Vietnam. The flyers, the flyers. were all... All there. Yeah, they were there, and this place was a, a hellhole, it was a torture chamber. These people were put through hell. And what we've found out, and as I'm reading through this book, is that um, they were able to pull themselves together as a they, team. They kept the chain of command. Kept the chain of command. Figured out, hey, this is a whole new front we're opening here. We need to win the war in here. Right. This is just as much a war as it is anything else. Because the Vietnamese are trying to exploit these flags. Sure. They want them to get up on, and, and, Propaganda. Say, and say on video that they didn't need to be here, that it was America's fault. And, exactly. And, you know, the, 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 and because there was already bad sentiment about the Vietnam, Vietnam War in America anyway. In the 60s, we had all kinds of things going on. So yeah. this was one of them. And when you're put through such terrible things of torture, malnutrition, isolation, 
these are terrible things, and you would think, well, if anyone's conditions, put, yeah, if anyone's put through that, they're they're going to come back all screwed up. Oh yeah, messed up PTSD oh, yeah. and you times think, ten. Oh, they're all they're all coming back with right. PTSD. Well, come to find out, not the case. Instead of having post-traumatic stress disorder, what they had was uh, post-traumatic growth, Growth. where they learned from these terrible experiences and made them the men that they were. And that's how you end up with a John McCain. McCain, It's a guy who, he doesn't have a disorder. He's actually learned some things and can, can thrive and strive because he's been through such hell. Right. You, you couldn't. You, you could not you, you mess with the guy. Well, you can't get any oh, lower gonna, than. Gonna, I'm going to intimidate this guy. Yeah, you can't get any lower than a Hanoi Hilton. Uh, you're in Congress, and you're going to try and intimidate John McCain after he had been through the torture in the hellhole of the Hanoi Hilton, which tons of books out, out there about these guys' experiences. But this one is kind of geared towards um, how we've examine these guys. They've been highly studied. And what we've come to find out is um, they're very resilient. And we talked about rub some dirt in it. Right. And you were right, because you said something about um, how, how, a, how, a, how a kid reacts is based on how you react to them. Yes. So if, if you if you jump around and scream and holler that somebody they got a cut in their toe, then they're going to react that way. Or if you see a snake, remember mm-hmm. we talked about it's you, you see a snake, snake, it's like ah. Right. So now our reaction is ah. Just, there's a goddamn snake. Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading this. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what we talked about last week. Dr. Albert Ellis, the author of the first proponent of rational emotive behavior therapy. R-E-B-T, was one of the first scientists to recognize that people's people's interpretations um, of events determine their reactions to them, which is very interesting. So it's not the event. Right. It's your interpretation that drives how you think about it. And uh, he says that his theory was based on ancient Asian philosophers like Confucius, so on and so forth. All these different people have recognized this before, um, as well as I can't pronounce this Greek guy, Epictetus or something like that. Epictetus. Epictetus. That's it. And he said, Years of Latin. State? Yeah. I want to be a lawyer. I can't wait to be a lawyer. No. But uh, who he stated that people are disturbed not by things, but by other views of things. Or their views of things. Yeah. And that's so true. You know, so I was like, wow, that was just exactly what. There's the scientific. We are not scientists, but. But, but we're right. <laughs> Every we, once in a while. We, we had waffles and we're right. Yes. So it's, it's, it's not what happens, it's how you perceive what happens sometimes that drives our emotions, sure. which causes other things to happen, and we go, we go just bananas if, in if, the hole. If we could get rid of emotions, we'd be great. Emotions are the only thing that are going to separate us from artificial intelligence. Yeah. But we, 
That's what makes us superior oh, to thank you, Skynet. AI. Thank you, Skynet. No. <laughs> no, we're... Uh. When we get to singularity, you're going to appreciate emotion. Says you. <laughs> when the Terminator goes, I am going to enjoy this glass of wine. That's oh, that's that that. Remember the 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 Michelob Ultra one, where where Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, the com the computers are doing the AI people are doing all this stuff, and they they show them not. Oh, he runs faster. Oh, he's better than this. Can't drink and a beer. drinking a beer, having a time of it. Can't do that. Oh well. I don't think um, these Andes. Andes is that what they call them? Androids. Oh, so the first Blade Runner. Right. Oh yeah, nice. The first Blade Runner was based on a book, and that's what he called them. He called them Andes, as, as opposed to droids or whatever they call them in the in the movie. But they're on their way. They'll be here eventually. Whatever. I know they will eventually, but I, I think. But they can't play bass, man. They can't play the changes of Donna Lee. Well, they. Maybe, maybe they can. They probably can, and like we talked about earlier, they have all the information. They, they have a, a compendium. They have this huge right. they're volume of every baseline ever played. They're Google. Yeah, that's that's the thing that kills me about Google. You put Google up to the, the to the music. What song is this? And you see the little lines going on. That's Brian Bromberg's song. <laughs> How the hell do you know that? You know, I am AI. I am AI. I know everything. God bless. I don't know shit. Do you enjoy that song? I don't know. Do I? Should I? <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Get out. Check it out. Apple Music? Yeah. Finally released the compendium of King Crimson. No. Yes. Oh, I know what I'm doing uh, later. Oh, dude. I know what I'm doing later. Go download that shit. Yeah, and I'll do it right away. You hear Elephant Talk? Discipline? Talk? Yes. It's only Elephant Talk. Well, they got, they've got the, um, oh, was three of a perfect pair. Three. Right. three Man, yeah. that is a great That's album, a great album. too. Mm -hmm. And B, shit. B was the one that was more poppy. Yeah. Kind of, but... That's a that's I was a like, great I'm stuff. going out for music. I can't find it. I can't find it because we did Matakudasai right. from. That's from Discipline. That's from Discipline. That's, that's from right. Discipline, and, yeah. and we did a little bass duo version of that. And I had to go to YouTube to find a live version of it to right to cop it. But now it's on iTunes. Uh, the, I, I remember one of those things where. Where uh, Adrian Ballou is dressed in like this yellow suit. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Robert it's so eighties. Like, Here's the thing that kills me. Adrian Ballou was like the the epitome of of, of the eighties. He's dressed in this weird David Bowie, uh, you know, the wiring glasses, wiring everything. Yeah, and then yeah. you look over at Robert Fripp. Robert Fripp looks like he's a, he's you know he's fucking a, 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 yeah Robert a, Fripp, a, a Fripp nuclear had, a nuclear physicist. That's yeah Robert Fripp had the the wiring glasses. glasses. He looked like. And he's sitting there with his he legs crossed. He worked at Chernobyl or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got his legs crossed perfectly, and he's like playing these notes. Yeah, and like, Adrian Blues. He looks like uh, he's just all over the damn place. <laughs> he's dressed. He's dressed up uh, like yeah. like he should have been stuck in the. And 80s. he's singing like a banshee, man. Oh man, he's singing oh, great. Yeah, he's uh, singing great. And Tony Levin's over there making faces and playing on a Chapman stick and a three string bass. Uh, and they, Bill Bruford, I think, is playing. Bill Bruford playing drums. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's. 
That's legendary. That is legendary stuff. That's if you haven't checked out King Crimson, Discipline, Three of a Perfect Pair, and Beat. You have homework. Go dig on those, baby. Yeah. That's some... It's... It's out there but it is solid yeah it really is it's some solid shit i think there's some odd meter stuff and just some that's cutting edge man i love that i love that i love to people listen to make, college. you know i get so much shit about oh 80s music there was some cutting edge shit yeah, the, only, the only problem is is most of the 80s bass players weren't bass players they were synthesizer players there was there was there was some that were, you know well yeah I mean yeah he, he the cat from Duran Duran to plays oh yeah yes not Simon Le Bon the other guy yeah uh, yeah I know who you're talking about yeah there was yeah. there, there was, was some there was some yeah there was but not as there not was as much. music going on but pe people had to kind of hunt for it this is what I found about that music is that it was there's some nice melodies and chord changes going on but it, you know they had just found synthesizers. Right, right. synthesizers. So everything's thing. buried in there, and if, if if you pull that out, if you you can pull out tears for fears, even some of these songs, they're just gorgeous melodies and themes and changes that are lost. Right. In in, 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 in this a, in this like a wall of sound. This mayonnaise of yeah. Yeah, yeah mayonnaise of sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh blah. But case in point, Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson's fantastic. What's, you know, um, Stepping Out, Stepping Out Tonight. What a great song. And and Kurt Elling covered it and, and sang it as a jazz tune. And it's just burning, man. It's just a well-written song huh. with a great melody. But everybody remembers all, it was like a disco kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just the melody and it changes. There's some really nice distance in there, and uh, it's it, it's just it's fun to listen to, but you, but you really have to get past the rest of the crap to listen to it. That's a, you got to get the past the, the production. It's a bad rap because we found all this technology, yeah, everybody, which everybody, launched yeah. us into which what we are in right now, which is a technological revolution. Well, well that's that's the beginning of the digital age, you yeah. know, and the and, DX7. Oh God. Those little damn cartridges and algorithms and yeah, everything else. Yeah. Oh my God, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad we're not there. Everything comes full circle. Eventually, the 80s will come back and I'll want to kill myself. <laughs> I love the 80s. I don't know I what you're talking the, about. The, 80s. the police, the clash. Well, I like the police and the clash. That's Sex different. pistols, talking oh. heads. Yeah. Toto. Come on, man. There was some good music going on in the 80s. Better than what's going on now. No, I'm not going to argue with that. Talking Heads had it going on. So. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for your time. Your okay. patience and your indulgence. And once again, I, I have to make this disclaimer. We are not experts. We are two old men that play bass and have kids and have a lot of fun life experiences That's in the it. deep end. That's it. We're just having some fun in the deep end. So on that note, say goodnight, Vinny. Goodnight, Vinny.